Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Just Keep Swimming Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Adrian Jackson, and we're in the studio again with another great episode for you. And you already know who with me, the guy who's running the show. Can't do it without him, Mr. Donovan Jackson, number one, three, back again for another podcast. And it's going to be a lot more uh, noises coming from my end this time. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully it should be, you know, we're going to get a great conversation going. You already know we have another great episode going for you guys today. And I just want to thank everybody out there for listening one more time. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get it rocking and rolling. So we're going to start off with another little kind of season playlist for you guys today. And for this playlist, I want to do, um, let's call it a season. For this season, I want to call it the season of perspective. So what we're going to do for this one is we're going to like take a lot of our shows that we watch, books that we read, music that we listen to, and just try to get a different perspective of all them and see how they're actually, you know, reflecting back onto real life and the life that we're in. And with this episode, we have a very special guest with us today. You already know who's with us, Mr. Tease Mac. You already know. Yes. The boss of all bosses. You already know who's in the house. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, it was good. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I, I feel grateful and fortunate to be here and, and uh, yeah. yeah, ready to get it started for sure. Yeah, bro, man, I appreciate you having it with us, being with us today, man. You know, thank you for taking out some time out your day. I know you got work after this, so we're going to try to get it rocking and rolling. Oh, actually, I got the call, man. Yeah, I don't even have to go to work. Yeah, so I'm good. I'm relaxed. Yeah, oh, it's bet. All good. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Bet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to have oh, a long episode going today. All right. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Straight, yeah. Take that go. breath, yeah. <laughs> we can sure. go deep. For sure, and that's no cap. Yes, sir. So, so for this episode on perspective, we're going to talk about the movie Soul, brought to you by Disney Plus. Shout out Disney, another great yeah, movie, a great film. They ain't paying us. Yeah, they ain't paying us yet, but uh, you know they they gave some great knowledge in that movie, man. And like you know, after watching that movie a few times, I would notice that. A lot of things I felt got looked over, you know, like there was so much perspective, so many different messages going on throughout that whole movie that, you know, let's just take some time out today, just pull out some of the messages that we saw and just talk about them a little bit. Absolutely. And my bad, can we just uh, play the mu- the movie in the background real quick? You know, so we I can, was you know, thinking the same just, thing, kind of look at it while we're talking about it, you know what I mean? With yeah. the volume down, you know, just yeah, create that vibe. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's get that going. Yeah, no, the soul was definitely a... A terrific movie. I remember when it first came out. Um, you know, we we didn't really, you know, we seen a few ads here and there, but the scene is a lot different now because you can't really go to the theaters anymore. At that time, the theaters weren't open, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and so for me, I'm a movie goer, so I like you know getting my popcorn and my hot dog or whatever it is. Right, go check it out. Get my beer, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. Um, so I definitely missed that experience. I still haven't been to the movie theaters yet, but um, you know I remember um, you know I was just sitting there with my kids watching the movie, and just from the first like ten minutes, the yeah. from the animation itself to how you know the um, the story and, and just from the moment that title screen came on, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm really in for a ride right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it, it was crazy. Yes, yes, no, and that's how I felt about it. Cause at first, you know, I didn't even know what to expect. I just heard that, oh, it's some cool jazz music and uh, you know, Jamie Foxx is in there or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I'm gonna check it out. And then it just slapped me in the face. And I was like, yo. Oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even know that uh, it was Jamie Foxx until after the movie, you know? Mm. So 
yeah, that was the crazy part to me. So, yeah. But, yeah, but I was like, oh, it makes sense. It's Jamie and this and that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yes, yes. It was great, man. So, uh, let's get the conversation going a little bit. And I just want to start off by let's uh, let's talk about the characters. And since we was talking about Jamie, let's talk about his character, who was uh, Joe. Right. You know, Joe was our... Uh, our, you know, he was the one that we carried the story through. Our main character, of course, uh, musician, uh, but high or middle school band teacher, and was just trying to live his life, and finally got his shot. And then, you know, everything went wild for him when he fell down the manhole cover. You know, yeah, precisely. So, yeah, so I just want to talk about like, um, so what do you think made Joe so relatable to other normal people in the world? You know, like what do you think really helped Joe relate to all of us? You know. Well, you know, from the opening scene, you know, he he's uh, conducting his music class. He's he's trying to, you know, gather unruly preteens, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, you you can tell he's there. So you know, that he clearly wants to be there in some sense. Right. But you know, it may be dragging along. It may just be going through the motions. Yeah. You know. Mm. Um, but sometimes you get that inspiration or that spark, for, or or, or uh, I mean. You know, I guess that's a little precursor, but either way, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, we sometimes like uh, a, a, a situation will happen and somebody will play a specific note or show you a song that you like or, um, and that basically um, allows you to think about things in a different perspective or maybe just even just makes you excited, right? Yeah, it right. just gives you that that passion for whatever it is to right. to do it, but but yeah, as far as Joe, in a sense, um, like you said, he's just that everyday teacher, just trying to make a living, right? He's trying right. to get his check. He's trying to earn yeah. his due. Mm -hmm. No, and I like that about Joe. You know, that was one thing I did like about him. Like he he kind of knew what he liked to do already. You know, yeah. he really knew that he loved the piano. You know, it was something that was kind of thrown onto him. He didn't expect to like it, but he really knew that something about the piano just made him feel good. And I just like the idea that he always stuck with what made him feel good, you know? Yeah, And exactly. I really salute him for that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you said, that that's from the first opening, you know, from the first Two couple minutes. minutes of the video. You can, mm -hmm. you can gather that about him as a character. So, yes. yeah, they, they hit home with that because it's instantly relatable to, you know, most of us that work for the check right yeah mm -hmm. exactly exactly and, but like it was his way of like in my perspective it was like the way he demonstrated his love for the music yeah. um it was just amazing the way he played the notes the 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 emotion he put into it when mm -hmm. uh he was showing the kids the way he was gracefully playing like the way he got first introduced into it been chasing after that dream no matter what right you know yeah. he's, he's like he's determined and he obviously has the skill for it but what makes him relatable is like you may have that talent or you built up that skill but you still get rejection mm -hmm. yeah so i guess uh you know talking to both of you guys who are music engineers i'm sure you probably relate to them more a lot more do you guys feel that way like you know, you know music is your thing and you just feel like that and just something about it makes you feel good so that's like why you keep chasing it um, I would say for me, since I played, uh, since I played viola, there was, there was definitely moments in terms of like, uh, I don't think I can do that audition, especially since I'm around kids that's already been playing for mm -hmm. like an extra three years. I joined late, right. even though I was pretty decent, I would think, but it was just like, you know, I like doing it and I'm still doing it, but you know, 
those feelings of rejection kind of kept me from like continuing it mm-hmm. you know and then it, that kind of transferred to something else and where I'm actually feel like I'm confident in my beats now and stuff for sure right. that was kind of like my break you know just recognizing that within myself but mm-hmm. definitely feeling the rejection and the uh, you know just my self criticisms and my own self mm-hmm. uh, it made it a little bit rough to continue on right since until that one day and that was kind of recently because trip kind of gave me that energy one day i got that uh oh yeah no this is dope oh now i have more networking opportunities mm-hmm. um, i just took this week off so i can focus more on those you know adventures and yeah, things yeah, like that sure. right and, you know i just feel that determinedness the way he just ran across <laughs> a whole town just to Get to that one thing. audition yeah that yeah. one audition no, no absolutely um you know i feel like to kind of um look at another perspective or angle on that like joe as a teacher per se right you know mm-hmm. I, i've been engineering for 15 years now so i feel like you know i'm still a student of the game and i want to learn about plugins i want to learn about techniques and form and, and things of that nature but i also want to allow other people to learn and to experience so regardless of how mundane the task may be or how just monotonous something may be like you may do something over and over again but you may show some a person and they you know may not necessarily know what you know so now you see their eyes light up because Mm -hmm. you let them know you know hey this is how you uh compress a vocal or this is how you duplicate a track or whatever it may be right and i think you know just kind of like you you may teach a hundred kids but only two or three kids may get it but those two or three kids that get it is what keeps you going yes for sure yeah yes no no i I agree on that right there and that's the truth that's just doing this podcast you know what i'm saying the few people that get it it makes you want to keep going and yeah. just keep driving. So okay, maybe I am helping somebody think it's a little different or learn something. And you know? when you see that drive, mm-hmm. it, like it gives that energy right back to you. Yeah, and exactly. Like, and that okay. was an example when, uh, you know, when they were doing the rehearsal and band class in the beginning yeah. of the movie, mm-hmm. and then that one girl had that trombone and she did her solo. Yeah. And I was like, and then he was just like, oh wow, this is this is it. it. Woke him this up. is why yeah. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? so, for sure. Yeah, no, that was beautiful. That was really beautiful because he saw the inspiration was being passed and he was like, okay, cool. Somebody else is in there, Spark. Yeah. You know, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. So um, now let's go to uh, the big twist that happened then. Joe goes to the audition, plays his part, and then all of a sudden he falls into the manhole cover. And then now he is on the road to the afterlife, Mm -hmm. but he won't accept that destiny. Now, I guess I was just curious, like, uh, how did you guys, like, what, what, what did you guys perceive during that point? You know, I found it kind of deep, like, the idea that, you know, one, he got his big dream, yeah. but then two, he was about to die, but he just was not like, yo, you can't kill me, you know what I'm saying? And it kind of blew my mind because it's all the other souls on the plane accepted it, and they were just flowing, and they were like, what are you tripping for, you know, I'm just going to go, but he was the only soul fighting, like, and so really crazy thing that just hit me too and we're gonna have to go back to when he went to the audition and went into the zone 
for playing that piece, which was ama amazing part too. Mm -hmm. that, that was just a thing on his own and he played his heart out. Mm -hmm. So he was in the zone and even though visually on the screen, it was like he left out of the zone mm -hmm. after he did that. When he was out, he was ecstatic. He went back into the zone, but he's so obsessed with being in that spiritual realm, that different place of being, that he's ignoring reality, which he was dodging a whole bunch of things that could have killed him with no worry at all. Mm -hmm. And those are the warnings, and he didn't keep to them, died. Well, yeah. well, so when you're immersed in the zone, right, you become a lost soul, especially when it becomes an obsession, when you're ignoring what, you know, real life has to offer at any given moment. Mm -hmm. So remember when he goes down and you know he starts talking to Jerry and getting the guide and that and Jerry comes back on another scene and it's like hey you get lost often don't you mm -hmm. even though he died mm -hmm. and went down to the afterlife and you know he refused to do it so that's why he got lost in somewhere he shouldn't have been in the first place mm -hmm. he was still a lost soul even though he had no body still interesting and you know, and that's the that's the thing I feel like you really have to ride the wave of life. It's good to get in touch with the spiritual zone like it is, like it tells you in the movie, but you gotta stay grounded within reality and a balance mm -hmm. so that you don't get lost. Understandable, pretty deep. Yeah, no, no for sure. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think too, um, you know, once again, uh, he gets that uh, he gets the word that he's getting the audition, right? There's all these emotions. So, like you said, you can easily ignore your existence or ignore everything else to try to run to this opportunity. But you have to still be aware of your obstacles that right. may be in front of you, right? Yeah. So you can't just be so ignorant to whatever it is. Um, and, and, and that that's def that's definitely deep. I think, yeah, no, know, that's because deep. I, yeah, because you know. There was a time in my life where I felt like I was ignoring family and ignoring friends and ignoring yeah. a lot of people just because like I felt like I needed to make it. Like I wanna I wanna be a producer, I wanna be an engineer, I wanna do this and so like, you know, a lot of just long nights in the studio and and thinking that that was like helping my career but really it was just hurting my family, which it was in turn hurting my career because I couldn't like really work as hard as I wanted to because I didn't have the support that I needed at home, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that all kind of like, it all, it's all a balance, right? So, and, and, and um, you know, I think, um, once again, just to kind of um, put it into a perspective that I can uh, visualize myself, mm -hmm. I feel like everything is kind of like a... Uh, it's, it's a it's a construct or it's a game right we all like games we all play video games right. we all are into uh different types of what you know whether it was pac-man or whether it's mario or mm -hmm. fortnite or call of duty etc etc there's all these different constructs that are created within the universe right right so you have to think about um the personal space that we're involved in right so so yeah, so Joe, he knocked his audition out of the park, right? They all loved him. He got in the zone, he was feeling yeah. it. Right. And he was so happy that he stepped into a damn sewer hole, right? Right. So 
you know, you can't ignore the rules of the construct. And yeah. I feel like a lot of times, you know, what is that construct that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who made the rules? You know, I, these are the questions that I think about all the time. Right. But just to like, I guess, uh, put it into a perspective that that uh, I want to relate to. Um, if you if you're thinking about our life as a game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is a game? Some people think a game is just um, something you do for fun, right? Right. Or something that's entertaining, right? Right. But throughout that entertainment, you have to physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually uh, commit to whatever game that it, that you're playing, right? Is that a command of you? Yeah. So, and that game has a construct. So that game has rules. And when you're inside of that world, and when you uh, insert your mind into that reality, you're bound within those rules and those limitations mm-hmm. of that paradigm or of that construct that you're yeah. in. Right. So, so to me, uh, uh, the moment Joe stepped into that sinkhole, it it like questioned, you know, what is the construct we're in? Because mm-hmm. we talk about the afterlife, we talk about death and. Uh, reincarnation and talking about re- being reborn um, some people think it's true other people don't think it's true right but in reality we all know that we're alive mm-hmm. and we're here if, if we're able to be here and speak to each other right then that's the connection within all of us right but what what's beyond that you know what's yeah. before that you know right. so it's like uh, you know if you read different texts and doctrine and saying that you know we're just souls and beings and and you know we're here but our energy never dies right it's never it's, it's not created or ex- or destroyed it's only right. transferred sorry transferred yeah right so you know if that's something that we believe then you know to me the next evolutionary step in our you know reality would be to question the construct that we're in right yeah. you know um, no. and, so, and so this that's why I love this movie and you know, I'm interested in, in, in talking about this because, like I said, that's that sinkhole he stepped into that, and and you know, um, to bring it back to your question, mm. um, he was so inundated in that moment that he was in of making it, quote right. unquote, that he was willing to risk whatever it took to get back to that moment exactly even his own life. death or life yeah. whatever it was he or didn't care body, yeah, yeah yeah he didn't care where he was he just wants to get back to his body so he could do this damn gig yes yeah. yes exactly you so. know so so the power in that is profound to me too you know yes, like, he's crossing boundaries he's crossing the rules of the game of the game of the life of the of the, of the reality of the that reality, he's yes. living in he's crossing those boundaries and that's where he ends up where he does but you know it's funny to me that even though he's doing these impossible feats the rules of the game this reality the construct is still working its way to uphold those rules to begin with yeah so yeah he he could keep doing this, but he kept putting himself deeper and deeper into a hole. <laughs> Amazing feat. He yeah. broke boundaries, but the yeah. rules of the game still punish him for it. Yeah, no, and, that, and it's so real yeah. you said that. So now look, I'm going to take everything you guys said and it's illustrating the movie. 
like you said, he was so fascinating the scene that he missed getting hit by bricks, slipping on nails, slipping on banana cars. pills, hit by cars, bit by a dog, but then fell into the hole. The rule caught him. At some yeah. point, you not paying attention is gonna get you caught. Yes. He got caught. He fell down, but then, like you said, he broke the boundaries again after his soul was there. He jumped through the wall, broke the boundaries of the visual wall, now ended up in the beginning pre-game stages. And yes. now he's in the stage of learning what the games are again. And then that's yeah. where we meet Terry and Jerry. Well, oh. Terry mainly. And then Jerry shows up in a second. So, um, or Jerry reverse, reverse. Yeah, Jerry's Jerry's, Jerry's first, first for right. sure. Yeah. Jerry's first for sure. So, yeah. so let's actually talk about uh, Jerry then, since now we're meeting him inside the movie. So Jerry was. <laughs> so we talked about a game just now. So Jerry was technically the referee of this game, making sure that the game flowed. He never really. You know, certain aspects I watched while learned from Jerry or watching was, like I said, he was the ultimate, the infinite. Uh, Triv, you had the best way to explain it. I forgot how you said it. Uh, so, uh, oh, the, the, no, the, he said it perfect. The, the, uh, the actual quote from the what they explain is, is the coming together of all quantum fields of the universe. Right. Is also known as a Jerry. Right. Right. So, yeah, that to me, that's deep. What yes. is that? Once again, let's say it again. <laughs> the coming together of all quantum fields of the universe right so jerry is low-key the beginning and the end the yeah. alpha and the omega yeah you exactly. know what i'm saying so he's and the ultimate everything and that's why is he the person <laughs> as personified as much as it can through the movie by there being so many jerry's he is yeah. literally <laughs> everything and everywhere at the same time at all times at all, all times. times exactly yeah. you know what i'm saying they're always escorting hi go meet jerry go talk to jerry and then jerry will help you here yeah so <clears throat> that brings my first question then even though Jerry was everywhere, everywhere, knew everything, and was all over the place, why did he play that role of "I'm not too sure"? Or he, for example, when the dude showed up, he walked up to him like he didn't know who he was. When Joe first showed up, he asked Joe who he was. When he put Joe put the name oh, tag on, yeah. saying "I'm Mr. Bean" or whatever the guy's name was, they didn't stop him saying "That's not Mr. Bean, that's Joe." You right. know, but the Jerry's just kept letting everything flow. So I guess my <laughs> question is to you guys is why do you feel Jerry's let everything flow the way he did? Be uh, well, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. For me, in like a, so and when I was watching this, I kind of related it back to, you know, my re like religious faithful beliefs in mm -hmm. a sense. And it's like, okay, omnipotent being, that's what God is. Um, but he gave us free will. It's free will. He is the everything, but he lets everything flows and he gives life. He gives the personalities mm -hmm. to the souls and then lets them go. Right. They make, he gives them the freedom to choose what they like mm -hmm. and then lets them go. But that's giving them free reign, free decisions to make their own choices. Right. In a sense, he can't really, he's not really going to stop that because he gave you free will already. Right. So, but he makes the rules of the universe since he is the universe and whatever happens is up to you. It just, it's, I'm just reacting. He's saying, he's basically embodying it. I'm letting what happened, I'm letting whatever is happening to you because you did what you wanted to do to get there. Right. In a sense. And no, for sure. No, I, um, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, um, to, to try to add to that point, um, you know, ultimately, 
the name Jerry is just a term uh, because it because like our, our minds aren't even really capable, capable of understanding, understanding. Yep. what it is uh, that accumulation of all the quantum fields could yeah. possibly be. Mm-hmm. So you know when when you when you talk about God or a Jerry, you know you can say he or you can say she or mm-hmm. you can say it or they, you know. But it's just really the term that is comfortable with you, right? Exactly. So, cause like, you know, the first Jerry that we meet is a female voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you know, is it male or female? We don't know if Jerry's have a gender. We don't think that. I mean, our our um, our world has male and female, you know. So biologically, that's how we, you know look at things but in a realm above our own there may not be a such thing as male and female you know so yeah. like, i mean and then if you just look in the sea you know there's all sorts of asexual creatures you know even in the forest or whatnot you know there, yeah. there's there's creatures that reproduce themselves and mm-hmm. you know so it, it's not necessarily um foreign in science per se because you can find it right find it, yeah, yeah you see it looking at that so so uh, I'm, I'm always a firm believer of as above, so below, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, I look at my world and the way I move through my world, but then if you look at an ant and the way an ant moves through their world, it's going to be a completely different paradigm in, right. in, yeah. in reality, so, and, 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 and it's like, we can, as humans, we can, um, pl- uh, we can make an ant farm, right, and observe an ant farm. The ants may never know that we're observing them. Exactly. And so, does that make us a god to the ants? Mm-hmm. Because we made their whole environment. You know what I mean? We got yeah. the whole farm for them. We put them in there. We bring the food. We do all that. So it's like, are the ants praying to the gods to bring the food? Right. You know. Right. When it's just in our little yeah. like backyard. You know. So so I, you know, um, I guess. Um, not not to like go too far into a tangent yeah, 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 but no, I, I want to uh, just kind of talk about like purpose of things right because right. ultimately you know uh, a lot of people are going to get different ideas and views and opinions within this movie and people mm-hmm. have different ideas about religion and the way that they think about things right so it's right. all based on it's all subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is subjective based on the on the the viewer. Exactly. Um, that's been proven with the double slit theory, uh, you know, with the th- double slit experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you guys have heard about that, right? With the, mm-hmm. where basically they shoot electrons through a hole, and depending on the way you look at it, it determines where, which way the electrons yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, they have experience where um, they actually put two plants in a you know similar environment. But they go to one plant saying, I hate you, you suck, you ugly. Oh, die. Whoop, whoop, okay. you'll die. But the other plant you walk to, I love you, you're beautiful, blah, blah, it'll grow bigger. You know, so it's like, yeah, power the, yeah, power your words, vibrations, everything like that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I feel like within um, that particular thing, you know, so we, we talk about purpose, like, why would I build an ant farm? You know, just to observe it, just to look at it. I might have fun with it. I might want to destroy it after it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really sure why sometimes, but I just I just did it right. Right. So, mm-hmm. so to me, um, sometimes we look at the whys of a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, uh, and 
to be honest, like, do we don't need to know why sometimes? Like, right. why? The why is like all relative to who you are. Like, if a creature created you just for an experiment, then do you really need to know why he created you? If he just did it to kill you later, right? Is that gonna make you feel any better or worse, or are you just gonna appreciate the fact that you you're, know you're here? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, it, it's something to think about. I just yeah. feel that like I mean. In that case, in terms of like why Jerry does it, it was, well, I don't even think we can understand him to in the beginning to even try to begin to understand why he let things go in the first place. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's the reason I brought the question up because, you know, as you pay attention to Jerry's character, you know, it clearly in the beginning when you first introduced, like you said, I'm everything, I connect everything, I'm the omnipotent. But then, Jerry acts confused. Jerry acts like she's he or she doesn't know what's going on, you know. Or uh, at the end of the movie, Jerry was inspired by Joe. You know what I'm saying? A free soul. Jerry actually got inspired, you know. And you mm-hmm. think that, <laughs> and like I said, the way they explain it, you know, the omnipotent will know everything that's about to happen. But then I guess it made me think a little bit more of maybe not been impotent is this like you said jerry was just a guide you know what i'm saying yeah. just the one to make sure the flow continues to flow yeah you know what i'm saying because he and didn't try to stop you he didn't try to stop anything he let him jump off that thing 20 times without that earth pass he never tried to stop him or nothing you yeah know? for sure so he let 22 sit there for who knows how many centuries you know what i'm saying he could have been told 22 how to get the spark but it was like yeah, yeah. you know so you find it. <laughs> yeah so yeah. with jerry brings up terry Terry was the one of the most interesting characters to me because one, I'm just trying to sit here and trying to understand what is Terry. Um, Terry represents himself as the accountant. He was the one who realized that Joe's soul wasn't in the afterlife like it should have been and something was wrong. So I guess, you know, I was one to ask you guys, like, what did Terry represent to you guys? Um, so, you know, I'm a firm believer of duality and polarity. Um, so, you know, how do we know what negative is without positive, right? Mm-hmm. You, you put positive and negative together, then right. you, you know, you get, you get a reaction, whatever. Ne- two negatives, they repel, two mm-hmm. positive repel, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, so to me, um, Terry is, is a complete opposite of Jerry, mm. literally, in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah. The Jerry's are the broad, this is construct this is how things are going like mm-hmm. this you know you guys would do this you know it's, it's the broader aspect but the terry is the details like oh well this is the count like i do this i, I count this i do that i watch you blink five times yeah you know? exactly even even like the way he entered the universe you know like through the lines yeah you know what i mean and how he was a part of the lines and was like you know not not as bold per se you know what i mean as as the jerry's were i mean i mean i'm gonna say in another sense too the terry was bold enough to even go in to go after the lost soul that he Mm -hmm. thought was lost and actually made a mistake in the process of you know pulling out somebody else which creates even more things but because of the of the terry's you know detail uh paying attention to detail and the precision of like what it is that uh the terry was trying to accomplish you know to me that 
they balance each other out for sure. Because even even when uh, Terry was um, talking about the count, oh, the count is short, uh, and he was you know had the mm-hmm. yeah. um, sliding around the, the dots or whatever. No, this is this isn't right. This isn't right. The count short, and the Jerry's like, oh well, it's okay. You know, they were just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, the flow, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Have, the count hasn't been off in centuries, you know. Mm-hmm. But Terry's like, no, this is off. So to yeah. me, that was just the you know, and then same same thing. Uh, Terry was willing to check every, every single file, to every find. file, mm-hmm. without hesitation. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's get it started. You see all this. <laughs> There's a lot of Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I caught that part. Right? That was funny. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. So to me, they're they're just opposites, and and that represents polarity in the universe. I like it. Yeah. I like it. What about you, Donna? Um, kind of more like along that line, especially after you explain that, uh, the big picture oriented and the uh, detail oriented type of people, mm-hmm. like see the big broad picture, but somebody has to also do the details to make it that big large yeah. picture. Yeah. So they need each other, but you can't be too detailed, but you can't be too broad at the same time. And that's just the like representation of keeping balance. No, absolutely, and then with within our own worlds, um, you know, when you think about masculine and feminine energy, mm-hmm. um, in general, a masculine energy is more broad, is more brood, you know, it's it's more, um, you know, like just go after it, it, yeah, get it done, like okay, I don't care about the small yeah, stuff, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, is the rent paid? Like, let let me go pay the rent, or let's let's get the bulk stuff done. And then, like you said, uh, as far as female energy, that's why they're they're more nurturing and more caring and more detail oriented. So they're gonna make sure that yeah, pillows are fluff right, yeah, the yeah, are set up right, yeah, or, you know, look more nice, uh, food is cooked, food, yeah, yeah, it's ready, uh, you know, all the different things. They they take good care of the details, and so when you combine masculine and feminine energy, you kind of you receive that whole mm-hmm. picture, right? I mean. You know, just, just from my research and my right. perspective, right? No, yeah, no, nah, I like that things. I like it. So, um, so what if I give you guys a little uh, semi-plot twist? So, would you say that Jerry and Terry could represent uh, pride and ego? Because, for example, like you said, Terry was very, you know, egotistic. You know what I'm saying? The count had to be right. He searched every file to prove that he was right, that there was a soul missing to the point that I'm gonna go down to earth and find this guy and make sure that we put the count right. But then at the end of it, what happened? Oh, good job, Terry. Thank you. And walked off. And then what he said? Oh, I need me a trophy. And so they had a war ceremony and the war ceremony was the war ceremony that you said you requested because you feel you deserved it, you know? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I was looking at it in that way. Like, do you feel like it represents personalities on like ultimate, the good and the bad of it? Or the... Well, so to kind of bring it back to the big picture people and the detail-oriented people, mm-hmm. like in terms of detail, you want to make your picture look exactly how you want it, which kind of it's up to your yeah, yeah, it's up to your uh, own standards. Yeah, and that's the ego, and then him being prideful in his work, like oh yeah, he's happy he did that, he fixed everything. So yeah, no, I'm gonna go make that trophy. And to some degree, you need that pride and ego to make you who you are. Mm-hmm. But taking it to overdrive is when 
I feel like you kind of get another case of like the lost soul. Mm-hmm. But would you say that Terry, even though he how prideful and how much of an ego he does have, does he? Would you say that's overboard? Because it's like you can have you can have the pride and ego without being bad, right? And, and but how much of it do you have before you go wrong? And in in that mm-hmm. case, is Terry wrong, or is he just fine the way he is? And that that was that's what was interesting about it because you know Jerry accepted Terry the exact way he was. He knew yeah. Terry was like that. You know what I'm saying? Terry went and did the whole mission. They gave him a round of applause and all that stuff. But at the end of the day. He technically didn't fix nothing because what they had to do, they had to go and fix account at the very end of the movie to show that yeah. all the stuff that he did, it just did it to make him feel good. It wasn't even, he didn't really fix nothing around the world or yeah. around the universe, you know what I'm saying? Unless it was all a part of Jerry's plan, of course. Or oh. did he? You know, because, uh, that because if, if he didn't actually go in and find them at that particular time that moment, to pull exactly. them back out, you know... They, you know, they wouldn't have been pulled back out, and mm-hmm. and twenty two would have never became that lost soul mm-hmm. for them to go and fix and, and all that, that stuff. stuff. So, exactly. so everything happened the way it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and so, um, I I think um, as far as like a pride and ego thing, um, I, I want to say it's a little bit beyond that in a sense because. Um, once again, I think about it as a construct, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, you know, if, if if the Jerry's and the Terry's are just a part of the construct, right? And, and they allow the things to happen. I think, you know, their whole purpose was just to do what it is that their job was at that particular time. Um, you know, and, and, with, and what that job was, was basically once again, the, the facilitation of the souls the soul themselves, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It gets, in, it gets it interesting. Deep, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I like because, like I said, some great logic because, you know, like I said, Terry could be more of the law. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Jerry was the, the entertainment, you know, the new counselor here to help you out, but then Jerry was that dean, or Terry was the dean to make sure that I'm on you. Yeah, or yeah, see if you mess up. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, correction. I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah I like that. It's I like, like that. Uh, it's like the uh, <laughs> it's like having a computer and then your anti-malware service. It's like oh, something's here where it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. My job is to go fix this whatever way I can. So I'll use up the computer resources. I'll do whatever I have to do to, to go fix, fix problem. this problem in this broad world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm upholding this law. I love it. I was told to do this. I love it. I love it. So let's uh, jump to another character then. Of course, one of the favorites, Mr. 22. Miss Mr. Who knows what it's going to be. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that was deep too. I was thinking at the end of the day, like, dang. So it like it was going toward like China or Russia. So she's probably Chinese Russian. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so 22 character was very interesting. You know, um, that soul has been stuck in the, what was it? The, the realm before. I forgot. What the, yeah, the, uh, great, the great before. The great before. Great before. Yeah. So there, she was stuck in the great before for years, you know. Mentored by Mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali, Gandhi, everybody, like any Abraham Lincoln, everybody tried to mentor this soul to get prepared to go to Earth, you know? 
And I think one of the biggest things that really stood out to her was the idea of unable to get a spark, you know? So, and I just want to talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, based off her character and stuff, what made her, what made you guys believe why she couldn't get her spark? Um, I feel this one probably took until the second time you watching it, she's mm-hmm. trying to like get a grasp on it. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, the way she, presents herself in the sense of oh yeah I know everything yeah this life thing is mm-hmm. pointless I'm pretty sure I know what it's like even though you haven't experienced it right. oh who could say the how integral she is about uh, doing everything in the hall of everything Right. she probably just thinks oh this stuff's not going to interest me so I'm not even going to bother with it therefore not even getting the chance to get a spark Right. Like you see the other kids being so involved into it, yeah. Into whatever they're trying. Yeah, but you got one kid being in basketball being thrown in the hoop, but that made the spark for somebody else. But, you know, he actually put his effort into it or, you know, you got a whole bunch of other souls just mm-hmm. doing their best or at least trying the activity to hopefully get the experience to know that that's my spark so I can go on. Mm, so you feel like she never really gave the chance to try to experience until she was forced to do it until she was forced to do it into uh joe's body back on earth and you know from that beginning she's just like oh this is disgusting i don't want to be here like i wanted to skip this because this doesn't feel good but she's barely giving the an opportunity to show her what it is right right what you think bro yeah no um no i I think that's a that's definitely accurate to me for sure i feel like um you know she she's looking or like she she knows she's a know-it-all right right at the end of the day like if you got people that know everything and they're you know you you can't really tell them how to do anything or you can't give them advice you can't really give them an opinion or you can't even just like show them what you're happy about because they're like oh you're happy about that you suck you know it's like what well this is my i'm happy about this like so yeah i I think um you know um social media and and the internet is definitely a great tool for us it it gives us opportunities Mm -hmm. to um you know reach and and be better people and and to do things that we haven't been able to do right but but you know because of these different algorithms and what we've been um accustomed to doing like within our own bubbles uh, i feel like it's a lot easier to have 22's attitude in life these right. days because yeah, um at the end of the day um you know i could go to youtube and watch anything that i want mm-hmm. you know if i want to learn how to play pool i can learn how to play pool if i want to learn how to juggle i can juggle you yeah. know no. i can learn how to swim or skate or ride a bike or but um, then, then it comes to this question it's like yeah you have that tool right but are you really using it? Like, how many people actually go watch YouTube? Oh, let me learn how to make a cordon blue. Okay, I watched the video. That was interesting. I've always wanted to know how to make that. But mm-hmm. did they ever get around what? to using that tool to actually go make it sometimes? And it's like, I feel like that's 22's attitude. Like, oh, I know it, but I haven't done it to experience it. No, no, absolutely. But I think, you know, on a chemical level, um, 
you look at the screen too many times, you get too many reactions and responses, or you have too much stimuli, mm-hmm. then overall, um, it affects the dopamine levels in your brain. Yeah. And, and when you when your dopamine levels are too high, um, you literally need to feed it more to get higher. So mm-hmm. you know that's why we smoke and we have different addictions, different problems, because we ultimately just have chemical side effects within our our bodies you know our day to day yeah our, yeah exactly so so you know once again i think 22 kind of personifies that because it's so easy for us just to have access to everything so because you have access to everything you feel like you've already done everything yeah. you know what i mean so there's so like like what yeah. else can you do like what else, what else can i do i've learned it all from everybody like i've yeah. i've seen every quote like you mm-hmm. know no so. I, I i i feel because uh it takes me back to when you were younger donovan mm-hmm. when you used to <laughs> you used to watch a game on your phone you would not go rent the game you would just watch it on your phone watch somebody else on youtube play it and you literally watch somebody play the whole game and i'm yeah. like why are you watching somebody play the game? You don't want to go experience the game. Like you don't want the controllers in your hand. You actually controls whatever. But then because you felt that, <clears throat> oh, all right, watch John play the game. They don't read for me and play the game no more. And the whole game would just fall off the radar. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm done with this whole experience now. You know. And I felt like, I felt like that would was 22 was experiencing because, for example, she was mentored by Gandhi, Mother Teresa. You know what I'm saying? The biggest philosophers and people of the time for what they showed us. You know what I'm saying? Some of the world's greatest leaders, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt that she was getting the taste of, oh, so this is what life is, huh? I go and have people follow me or people salute me, people rain me and stuff, you know? But it wasn't until she met Joe and saw that, okay, life isn't all rainbow and sunshines that she got interested at all yeah you know what i'm saying i really found that interesting the idea that she saw that oh this it can possibly go wrong you know and this guy from all the people i met this guy life is trash but he's fighting to get back to it why you know right. and i yeah. thought that's yeah. what sparked her you know it was the yeah. literal definition of spark that she needed yep. the, like the understanding of the drive to go do what you want yeah yeah i like it I like it. So, um, so then with 22, it led us to uh, my favorite part of this area, which was the uh, the land between. Ooh, what was it called, bro? Uh, uh, the zone. The zone. zone. Yeah. Yes, the zone. So they talked about the zone, and they met the uh, mystics of the zone. So the mystics of the between the spiritual and the earthy realm, and their guide souls get back to the spirits. Uh, we learned a lot about the zone, how people can, you know, play a piano, get lost into their craft, and end up in the zone. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the zone a little too long, or if you get truly immersed in that, op- uh, in I'm that. out of the zone. Uh, <laughs> somebody smacked me with a rock out the zone. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you get too immersed in that craft, you get become a lost soul. You know, like so I just session with it. Yeah. yeah, so I just want to talk about that. So like, uh, Triv, you know, for sure, I know you had experience. So like, how did that really hit you? Um, you know what? Um, I kind of want to, cause like the zone is definitely an important place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's important to talk about, um, you know, before they get back into the zone per se. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, well, actually, actually, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. 
this, this, this is a good part. So they meet the mystics to go back into the zone. And I like, as an engineer, um, I feel like it's my job to be in the zone, mm-hmm. right? That space between the computer and the human, right? Yeah. So uh, when I get into that zone, while I'm looking at the screen, I'm in the computer and I'm, and I'm you know, touching the knobs or whatnot, um, I feel like that moment, the time's not moving and, and, and nothing's really happening. It's, it's happening in front of me and I'm in the moment, but I just feel like nothing else is happening per se, right? Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, you know, in that realm, you can meet people, mm-hmm. right? And you can have connections within that vibration because, you know, being in the vibration of being excited and doing different things, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that is an energy in itself and it allows you to um, meet people of the like nature because you're just so into what you're doing that you just meet somebody else that's into what you're doing as well. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So, like, your vibrations attract, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, although, um, you know, the first mystic that we encounter that's driving the ship, you know, that 22 introduces us to, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's on the corner flipping, flipping a sign. sign, right? <laughs> so you think, like, oh, is this this some random guy flipping a sign? You know, anybody from the outside world, oh, that guy looks cool flipping a sign, or oh, what's that dude doing? Like, everybody has all these opinions about this guy, but what is this guy really doing? Right. He's out there saving lives mm-hmm. in the souls. Zone, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> With other people, other mystics that are doing the same thing from areas on earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which to me is a crazy, you know, conception in itself as well. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah. uh, look, that's actually a super deep conception because uh, Napoleon Hill, he talks about, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the School of the Masters. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they say there's like a school deep deep up in the mountain somewhere where uh, originally how it started was people were meditating all over the world and they were connecting through the meditations and finally said let's meet and allegedly you know they're like the internals low-key like they're you know living on top of the mountains and when you reach a certain point in your life allegedly they'll literally come and hit you while you're in the zone and say hey welcome you know what i'm saying you pass the dark forest and you know if you stay out the forest, I'll connect with you all the time, teach you this, that, and the third, and keep throwing information at you. But then once you do fall back in the dark forest, we'll lose connection until you get back out again. You know? And it's uh it was pretty interesting. It was a pretty interesting logic yeah. concept, you know. I really yeah, I really deep. shorthanded that, but uh yeah, it's it's lovely. It's lovely that he this man for sure, to just go off the side topic, Mr. Pony Hill, he has multiple things where he's so into the zone that he meets the devil he meets his other self mm, yeah. he meets the mystics he meets the the masters he meets all these people that in the writing it sounds like bomb you know non-fiction or fiction yeah, but, or yeah, imagination but no for him it's legit and of course he always meets other people that have experienced what he experienced you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's i found that really deep i found that really deep when they yeah yeah um, i found that i feel like that you know it is that astral plane that you're mm-hmm. reaching when you go into the zone and i guess it's like in terms of the awareness mm-hmm. that you have which is the awareness to see other people 
like for all the people that was in the zone when they first entered that mm. area it was like well yeah they're doing their craft and just jamming out but, but they're all separate yeah but well not even that they're all separate more so like they're not even paying attention to this other state of being that they've they're wound in. up into yes right? the difference between them and the mystics which is the they know they're in the state yeah yeah they know they're in the state they went to that state on purpose and we know how to use the state mm. the flow state yeah yeah. yeah 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 exactly Yes. Yeah. Yes. I. 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 I now that's that's a deep logic right there, bro. Because like you said, he looks like he's a guy flipping the sign, but he's so into the zone that <laughs> his spirit is not even there. You know, after they yeah. tackled him, it took him two seconds to kick back into his body. Oh yeah, for so sure. So in the zone. Yeah. You know that's deep. So you know when we get to the zone, then I guess I just want to talk about then how do you guys feel? Do you find balance in the zone? You know, like. Um, you know, I felt like, like that one dude, what was he doing? Looking for gold mm-hmm. and then kept looking for gold for so long that he oh. just lost himself looking for the gold. And now he's a lost soul, you know? So how do you find balance? How do you feel you find balance between not being a lost soul or I would say, that transition? <laughs> to put it in a very broad term, because you can go, it is so many factors <laughs> and facets to it. It would be accountability for yourself like uh you know what you need to do in order to be okay and when you get lost you're not okay like this man just basically was losing his soul by looking for this gold or the other dude that was at this war uh he was trying to make a trade make a trade trade. and then he's burning himself out on this computer for a job and just uh for what he lost something he lost the why He's, when he woke up, he was like, Dude, yeah, "Why am exactly. I? What? Why am why I am here? I doing why this? am I doing this?" That was yeah. his question. Yeah. And he doesn't have an answer to his why or a direction to his why. Amazing. So, so that why, I feel. Like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Why? Yeah. I think that hit the nail on the head for sure. Yeah. Why is the most important piece? And, and kind of like what I, I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we don't know why people do things or 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 why things happen per se. But as long as we know why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. It always gives us that that uh, level of being grounded, right? Yeah, right. yeah and, and you can always, because at the end of the day, once again, what's important to you, right? Mm-hmm. So I love work and I love making music and I love engineering, right? But I think my family is probably more important than that. Yes. To me, and you know, you know it, even while you can do whatever you want for if you know a why but you also still have to stay grounded within the confines of the rules of this universe mm-hmm. like yeah. you still have responsibilities to uphold yeah. yeah whether you think it's you know those responsibilities are important to you or not that's up to your decision but the world is going to react in order to your decision yeah, so exactly that's where it's like okay if i'm burning myself out on this computer mm-hmm. at this job that I'm not getting my basic needs met, which is relaxation, spending time with the family, or you know, living right. yes. in general, then I'm lost. Right. I, I don't know where I am. I don't know why I'm doing this. I for I the answer of why I'm doing this in the first place has left the building. Whether I get that back and I still agree with that why or I don't, uh-huh. then it's my decision. 
but I have to be ready to reap the consequences that come from this. Right. And you may or may not see the consequences since you're so lost. Right. And hopefully you have a mystic, end quote, right. to come help you out in that situation. Some people don't. Right. So. Um, yeah, for sure. It's 5.30. Okay, no, I like that. I like that. So, um, so that, I guess, leads me to a, a kind of open the air question. Do you guys feel that Joe... From, from what we learned about the character of the movie, do you feel he was on his way to becoming a lost soul? Or was he already a lost soul? And maybe he got prompted out? Because I felt that, you know, from his character, he was just so obsessed with getting back into his body. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he made it to the spiritual realm, met the ultimate being, the, the ultimate ever, and then was in a seminar contemplating on how do I get back to earth how do I get back to earth how do I get back to earth missing everything that's going on around him right now or what he's supposed to be experiencing you know yeah. so I guess I was just like you know just ran it's ran to talk my mind but you guys feel that he was on his path to being a lost soul um I, I don't think so just because um he had a definite purpose mm. yeah okay he had a why he had a why out. yeah so his purpose was his why and so because he knew what he wanted to do mm -hmm. he wasn't like lost in it you know what I mean? Like he he was able to go to the zone. He was able to like be Enter, valuable yeah, and yeah. move around just because he all he knew is that he wanted to do this thing. So right. it didn't matter what happened around him. Right. He you know, his objective was just to, you know, reach his body to get to the goal. show. No, and no, I like that. I just feel in his case it wasn't like he was already on that path or already mm -hmm. was lost. It was when he went in he got so immersed that he forgot he needed to come out mm. for a second. Right, right. I you feel know, you on that one. Again, you still have to pay attention to your surroundings and things like that. And that, like, like explains or like it, it multiplies upon itself when he went into the great before because he was still ignoring the bounds and the boundaries that were set and everything else that was in place so mm -hmm. he shouldn't go back he ignored all of that and kept digging deeper to why i said he was still technically a lost soul in the great before but before he died i feel like that was the necessary drive to achieve your dreams mm -hmm. he just had to put it in moderation and keep it in balance right, right, and he right. forgot to keep it in balance too which went into those near-death scenarios and eventually died no like you said like you said the near-death scenarios were needed to prepare him because like you said he still lived his dream yeah but then it let him realize that ooh, this dream was just it you know i could probably experience a lot more you know a lot yeah. more so um so this leads me to you know one of my one of my best questions i want to think about then is um when 22 came to earth of course and she experienced life what do you guys believe was one of the best experiences that she had to get her that spark? You know, because it really, didn't really explain what it was. It kind of just said her coming to the earth and experience. My mindset was her coming to earth and experiencing life and actually getting the taste is what made her feel like, oh, I can do this. You know, but I was just wondering, like, you know, based off what you guys saw, what do you guys really feel sparked her to be ready for Earth? I would say, well, I haven't rewatched that far into it just because of life. Mm. But I would say a definite Kickstarter, a definite Kickstarter would be when um, Joe's student 
came and said she was quitting. And then she was like, no, I'm going to go hang with her real quick because she's on the same mindset. mindset that I'm at. But then after talking to her for a little bit and like gaining her perspective and how she viewed viewed things to begin with and then how it changed and why it changed, mm-hmm. then I feel like that kickstarted her to start thinking outside the box even after being in this real world for a couple hours so far. Interesting. Yeah, she still thought she knew everything even in his body and rejected, but I feel like that was the kick of the wall to put it down to- Make it think a different way. Make it think a different way and therefore accept different experiences, which led to, I guess, her spark living to get these experiences. Mm -hmm. Right, I like it. Like I can play, bro, we can play the same sport on the same day at the same time on nearly identical fields but your experience is going to be wildly different than my experience and my what i thought your experience would be is will still way different than what it actually was exactly yeah for sure exactly and that could be an addiction in terms of like yeah i want to go experience things that's that's what i want to do right you know every situation is not exactly the same you know interesting what you think bro um you know what um just to kind of like answer that question i think that um the accumulation of like everything that she did mm-hmm. is like what kind of drived her to get the spark so like you're saying you know um whether it was the the, the trumpet player or the trombone player she, tr- mm-hmm. she played trombone right? what's yeah, she played trombone. Trombone. I'm pretty sure it's trombone. yeah trombone yeah, yeah. so whether it was a trombone player um, and her relating to that or whether it was eating the pizza on the sidewalk or just being scared, you know, you know, they kind of had like a montage of some of these different experiences, right? Mm. And then ultimately, there's a, a feather that kind of floats in the air and then you can see just the beauty of the sky and that feather just lands in her hand and mm. when you pick up that feather, you just like appreciate being there right mm-hmm. and i think that was the spark right that moment right there because although yeah er, the, all the accumulation of everything she did led to that moment mm-hmm. but that particular moment with the feather is what i think was the actual like spark itself right to me yeah if right. you if you want to like make because because you know uh whenever she showed the hall of everything you know a kid got hit with a soccer ball and got a spark, spark a kid yeah made a basketball hoop and got a spark right so um although yeah it was that experience that gave them that particular spark that experience is what allowed them to realize that they're alive right so so then uh let's go back to the scene she was on hall in the hall of everything right do you feel she could have got her spark if she would let that building burn uh, you know what? I don't like. I don't think so. <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's just, like you could get you could get into the the details of it in that sense. But um, I, to be real, I want to kind of like talk about um, something that happened. You know, while before twenty two entered Joe's body, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to just talk about that. Okay. Right. I feel like that in itself is something profound that we need to like really yeah, yeah, sit down and understand, right? Yeah, go ahead. Because let's think about it. So so Joe's in the great beyond, right? He's at the U Seminar. U Seminar yeah. rebranded, right? <laughs> so within this U Seminar, he's starting to understand how souls are constructed. Mm-hmm. 
right? How they get their personalities, right? So he's understanding what the Earth badge is, and he goes to the Hall of Everything and all this stuff, right? Mm. But when it comes time for him to reconnect with his body, he can't go the traditional route. Mm-hmm. So he's so 22 is like, oh, okay, come through here. Let's go over here. Let's go to the zone. They found the mystics. Um, they get into a meditative state, right? They all start playing the music, whatever. Yeah. Joe's like, oh, do we really have to do this? They're like, yeah, you know, let's mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. So they meditate, meditate. Um, they find Joe's body, right? Okay, cool. So, you know, Joe starts to feel the senses. He feels, uh, you know, he, he, he can hear the the heart monitor he can feel the cat all that stuff mm-hmm. so um now boom all of a sudden they fall into that hole into that vortex mm-hmm. to go inside of joe's body right so so theoretically joe is alive his body is alive but it's lifeless because his soul is not inside right so he's in a coma was what they call that right yeah. so so basically um Joe Joe starts to wake up because of this therapeutic cat, right? Then, once again, something, a a detail I noticed was with the cat, while Joe's rubbing the cat, the cat is not moving at all. Like, the cat is... It isn't. ...is dormant. Mm. And then, so boom, they both fall in. Um, You know, Joe wakes up, he realizes he's in the cat's body, Mm -hmm. right? Um, the cat or uh, 22 is in, 22 is in Joe's body mm-hmm. right they show the cat going to the great beyond mm-hmm. right in, in the line basically like meow whatever so so basically taking that concept in itself of being outside of your body and being injected into your body right um, to me that is such a profound thing because we don't think of our bodies as vessels that mm-hmm. hold spirits and hold souls. Yeah. So what happens is it's like, yeah, we have our own soul in our body per se. Right. But what if we have other souls sharing our body as well mm-hmm. that we don't know about? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What if there's different entities or forces that are out there? that are able to like use different people as vessels to or in order to experience life in the way that they see it mm-hmm. you know just because they're allowed to right yeah. so so um there's all kinds of things that happen within earth and the world um just for a brief example if we watch uh, unsolved mysteries on netflix there's different um there's a there's an episode about a tsunami that wiped out all kinds of people, right? Mm. When a nuclear um, thing happened in uh, I, what, what, it, uh, it was it I want to it's not Hiroshima it's uh, where the nuclear uh, plant was in Japan. Uh, I know. I'd um, have to I have to look it up. Either way it goes, yeah. a ton of people died at one time within mm. that time. So the whole episode it follows it's basically ghost stories and it follows people around and. There's like ghost taxi rides and people like get in a car and and the driver thinks the person's there and then they, they get, get to the destination there. and nobody's there. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of these particular stories. There's one story in particular where a girl was like literally possessed by these different spirits or entities, which was really just people that died that didn't have a body anymore that needed something to connect to, to uh, 
take their message, right? Because and ultimately these uh, free spirit or these radical spirits, let's say, I wouldn't say they're free per yeah. se, they're radical spirits. Mm. These radical spirits need to be conjured or they need to be um, helped to mm. pass on to the next side, right? Yeah. So once again, within the soul movie, you know, that's one of the first things we see. He's in line to go to the great beyond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and he said, fuck that. So I'm going to go to the great before. You know what I'm saying? Because he yeah. said, fuck that. Right. His will took him to the great before so he can like find whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so all these different stories that you hear about people passing on spirits or whatnot is actually, you know, to me, representative of the great beyond and helping these radical spirits, quote unquote, pass on to the other side, right? And, right. And, yeah. and, and, and you know what I mean? So just to like put it into perspective, right? So mm-hmm. so once again, like I think this movie is so deep because we can look at it, you know, from the personality aspects and, and, and how, you know, people think and how we behave and operate. But once again, I like to just look at it as a construct and showing us how the overall construct is built and like what we need to do to like beat the game per se, right? Like if we know, the more rules we know, the more that we can navigate through this territory with ease and without, you know, um, you know, dying all the time without somebody calling me a noob just because I keep reincarnating or whatever. Yeah. You know? So. Um... Sorry, sorry to go on that tangent. I, oh, no, I just no, feel like good. I had to like throw that out there. Yeah, no, you good. Uh, I was just saying, like, um, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, like I had to like really. I like I, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this movie a lot, and like it, it kind of, you know, there's a lot of occult things or things that we may not tap into because um, it may be taboo and religious mm. in the religious sense of things. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up religious or anything like that. So I just try to stay open-minded and, and you know, just imagine the possibilities of everything right, and yeah. question everything, right? right. You know, and, and from doing that, you just kind of discover who you are right. and how you relate to people around you, right? right? So so this movie, to me, yeah, I, I, I love it. This is dope. Yeah, yeah, nah, amazing, man, amazing. So, uh, oh, what time is it? It's like a minute 30, ain't it? Yeah. It's still at 70. Yeah, we're good, yeah, hell yeah, we're good, yeah. So, um, shit, what are we talking about? We're talking about the spark, aren't we? Yeah, so my question is, is then what is the spark in your eyes? What do you guys truly believe the spark is? Because if you talk to Jerry at the end of the movie, he kind of was like, you know, how did you guys know my spark is piano? He's like, oh, your spark wasn't piano. You know, your spark doesn't actually represent nothing. Yeah. You know, so I was just wondering what you guys think the spark actually truly represents. Um, I, I think the spark is basically um, the experience experience of being alive mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily have to like be a thing that you do per se it could be a thing that you do mm-hmm. or it could be something that you don't do right like just standing there sometimes and and observing life looking at the sunrise or the sunset and that mountain backdrop or the snow backdrop whatever it is that you 
may find interesting to your soul. Right. Right. That's why they all have a mentor and go through all these different things to really try to, you know, find out. Okay, why am I alive? You know, is it or why? Why do I yeah. want to live? Basically, right. Mm-hmm. What do I love about my? What do I love about life that can keep me happy, no matter what? It's like the keys to always. So, it it's the mm. keys that allows them to get into their own zone. Mm-hmm. Um, like and yeah, I mean, if you want to treat it like the mystics, though, they mastered it to the point where they control it. They control it mm-hmm. and go in no matter what and that's why they're eternal in a sense because no matter at any given moment they know how to get to this state of being to where you know i like being here but not overindulging to become a lost soul but you don't necessarily have to play the piano if that's your spark you might just be the person that likes to listen to piano and that's it that's all you need to hear you just need to hear it and that's what makes you happy this if there was nothing else on this earth that was the one thing that made it worth it for you yeah they have seven of them and that keeps them grounded Mm. i like it yeah 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 for sure yeah i think uh so yeah i guess it was for me then i would probably say um i like how you said the thing that keeps you happy but then you know she enjoyed the fear and you know the people screaming at her and the dude on the subway bumping her or whatever it was too you know so i kind of look at it more as it's just the experience in general yeah. you know what i'm saying the idea that you finally realize that yes i'm on this ride or in this car or on this roller coaster whatever it is and i just have to go through it every moment you know and i got a, a question real quick like mm. when we were introduced into the mystics um mm. it seemed like 22 and them were cool right like it was dope mm-hmm. yeah. but it's funny how she was the way she was and they were the, the way they were and where they were at they were on earth enjoying life helping people in the zone doing all this other thing mm-hmm. but you know like attracts light so in some way she had to be similar to them in terms of like mindset Right. And what she was missing was the experience. Yeah. So I feel like she probably has one of the she found one of the few keys that's gonna give her like probably an easier access, because I believe everybody can do it, but mm. easier access to become on that mystic type level. See, know? so and then that's what took me at first, like uh so go back to the thing about when she burnt down the burning the house down. Yeah. So I guess one thing I was wanting to point out was she was enjoying that you know what i'm saying she was enjoying it. she said oh it looks so pretty but her mentor stopped her from doing what she wanted to do to enjoy life you know what i'm saying and i think i found that pretty deep because you know like i said she had the greatest one so it's like who's not to say that because they put so much in her head like i said she was a know-it-all yeah so by the time she actually said something that like I said, fire. You can't know nothing about. You know, you can't control fire. You can't know everything about fire. So watching it flow freely was probably what it was for her. Mm-hmm. But they stopped her from viewing her spark because, yeah. through their perspective, it's that's nothing. Not good. And like yeah. he said, that's just regular old living. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it was like, well, not to her. This is life. You know. So I guess, I guess that is real. You know, everybody's spark is 100 unique to what you are and who you are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like you said, uh, there's always going to be opposition and people mm-hmm. saying that things aren't cool or whatever it is. There might be 
hundred people saying that what you're doing is not cool. Cool, yeah. But yeah. if you know that that stuff is cool, then do it. I mean, I'm not saying do drugs, or, but I'm just saying like <laughs> you know you gotta do whatever you yeah. feel is right. You know. Yeah, and I feel, um, I feel like it was normal to assume that that fire was like, or her liking watching the fire mm-hmm. was a bad idea because she could be a pyromaniac or whatever mm-hmm. but not, not necessarily because it's like okay what does superman like to do he likes to save people does that necessarily mean he wants evil to come fuck everybody up probably not but <laughs> stuff things he happen enjoy that, yeah. and he enjoys saving them from it you yeah. know so it could be one of those things where it's like Okay, she might have liked watching that fire burn on top of that house, but mm. who's to say she just won't be satisfied, like completely satisfied by just watching uh, a fire pit go off Yeah, for days on end. Just uh, You know what? The, I think the analogy that uh, I'll, I'll bring up about that is like, you know, when I was younger in high school, I started smoking weed, probably like 15, right? 14, mm. 15. Um, my father found... Um, the weed in, in my drawer, right? Mm. He threw it out. A week later, he found some more weed, and like I had turned the incense bottle into a bong or something like that, right? <laughs> so he threw that out. Uh, the next week, I had some swishers, and you know what I mean? Some more weed. So it's like at the end of the day, like, you know, regardless of if somebody is like, opposing you or whatever it may be like if you're gonna do something you're probably just gonna do it yeah. right so like yeah that that fire you know she she may have got a, a glisten in her eye because she's seen the fire um and the fire you know when it got may have got put out and she got introduced to all these other things but she still has that idea of a fire in her head, her head so still. anytime she could go back to that idea mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like once again because she, like you said, she was that know-it-all. She felt like she's already experienced and done everything. And she didn't want to live. You know, she literally just, she didn't want to experience the life. So, yeah. like, like you were saying earlier, until she was forced to experience yeah. life and to go through the motions and go through the steps and meet like-minded people and yeah. do all this stuff, mm. that's what, like, really ultimately made her feel... Yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, I fully agree on that one. I fully agree, man. So, um, <laughs> I did have some more concepts to touch on, but this movie is so deep, man. I feel we could be sitting here talking like three more hours for sure. For, for sure. Yeah, so I guess I just want to ask, um, you know, each of you, like, what is your ultimate concept you pull from the movie? Uh, you know, any level, it don't even matter. It don't matter what it is. Um, you know what? I've got I've got one in my head that I think would be good. So, you know, once once Joe, you know, finally gets back to his body mm-hmm. and uh, he makes it to the concert, and uh, you know, everybody's happy. His mom's in the crowd. You know, that was whole deep. That was deep too. You know, the conversation he had with his mom. Yeah, and, beyond deep. Um, you know, uh, the barbershop scene too was dope. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just just. Uh, you know what it means to have a barbershop in the community aspect and mm-hmm. you know just being in that chair and what that means and then just even with the barber said after he left right like uh well how come you didn't talk to me you know how come i didn't know any of this stuff before he's like well you never asked you, you never talked yeah. yeah you never asked so to me that's deep right like we could be around people and just not know yeah exactly so just take a second to figure out what people like right mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, uh, fuck, I lost the train of thought for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but uh, yeah, so Joe leaves the, uh, he leaves this performance, everybody's ecstatic, his mom's happy, Dorothea's happy, everybody's happy, and, you know, he's just like, no, yeah, I did that, what next, like, I thought there was more to this, you know, and so she tells the story about the fish, the fish right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what was the fish story? It's like a, a small fish is in the ocean. She goes to the older fish. Uh, she's like, she, the, the yeah, fish the, uh, asks the older fish, hey, what, yeah. you know, where's the ocean? The older fish is like, well, you're in the ocean. He's like, this yeah. ain't the ocean, this yeah. is water. Right. I want to look for the ocean. He's like, an old fish walks off. Right yeah, yeah, basically. So, you know, I think, you know, once again, it's all perspective based on age and experience at that point. But um, to me, um, it talks really more about professionalism, right? Because mm-hmm. um, within the entertainment industry, uh, you could do stuff, and it could be for three people, or it could be for three thousand people, or it could be three, for three million people, right? Mm-hmm. But you're gonna be doing the same steps, and it's literally, you know, a lot of the same processes. There may be more equipment or better equipment, mm-hmm. but it's still the same construct so once again it's about like our purpose and why we're doing the things that we do you know Mm -hmm. if i was engineering to have a huge name for myself or whatever i probably wouldn't be an engineer because you know most people don't know who engineers are like i couldn't you know i don't think there's one person who like knows who's the who the stadium engineer is of the Raiders, you know, or yeah. who's running the board at the Thomas and Mac or anything like that. Nobody cares, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but as an engineer, I love doing it and I love being there and I love the, the environment, the process, you know, being there hours early before anybody gets there to seeing everybody arrive to doing the anthem check and doing mm-hmm. all that stuff to actually running the show to the halftime show. You know, to the end of the show when you have to break everything down. So, yeah. to me, that's like, you know, that's that's something that's definitely dope. No, that's good. I, I like that. Like you said, enjoy your craft. You know what I'm saying? Because this craft, if this craft turns me on, you know, in the best way, do it. You know what I'm saying? Do what turns you on. Even though it's not going to turn everybody else on. You know what I'm saying? Just do it because it makes you feel good. Get into your zone. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yes, I like that. Um, I would say for me, it's just... Uh... I mean, given the experiences I've, you know, had with substances in terms of getting lost, like, you know, going up through Reno and been wondering, like, okay, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is my point of being up here in college? Like, mm-hmm. I still don't know what I want to do. And I'm not feeling passionate after living this. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, not forgetting the journey that it takes to get there but also not setting up your expectations and you know not getting lost in that goal that you don't get upset like don't get so lost don't get so absorbed in this expectation that you forget that reality is still what it is you know Mm -hmm. um yeah i could imagine be producing and then producing this uh concert oh finally did that but did i forget that oh well after the concert things are over i'm going home i have 
to make some dinner, mm-hmm. you know, find something to eat, uh, wind down, sleep, and then then what? What am I doing in between? Right. It's like you have to take all of those things into account mm-hmm. and not forget that reality is what it is. I still have to pay bills. I have still have to hold my relationships up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like go for your dreams. You can do it for sure because he can. But don't get so lost that you forget what life is and how to live. Right. No, I like that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, learn to get into that zone, but don't become that dark soul. You know, yeah. I, I found that beautiful. I found that beautiful, man. So, um, yeah. So I guess for me, it would be, um, you know, I guess my I guess my favorite thing about the whole movie was for sure is just the idea of how many souls there were. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it was a lot. You know, in the it's the idea that yes, we was watching the story of Joe. You know, but there was a stadium full of mentors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She got mentored by all these greatest people, you know. He went down to, you know, the subway, met the good soul, the dude singing that he really connected with. At the same time, she bumped to the soul that scared him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just looking at it, and it just makes you realize, like, <laughs> he actually said it. We're all very similar, yet unique. You know what I'm saying? We all have similar personalities, maybe some of the birthdays, skin color, whatever, but we're all so unique. And to just think that, to believe that your story is little or your story, you're less significant than somebody is doing yourself a downfall. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's making yourself, it's hurting yourself. You know what I'm saying? Don't think you're less significant than somebody because they're the Gandhi or whatever. You know, because yeah. this movie right here shows that the greatest masters couldn't teach a soul, but a dude who's down on his luck and, you know what I'm saying, came and cut his own hair yeah. is the person that taught this oldest soul how to live life. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like, yeah, don't 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 doubt yourself. Like everybody's literally here for type of purpose, reason, even if you gotta make your own up. You I know would what I'm say saying? like don't don't downplay yourself compared to others and on mm-hmm. the flip side, the very same way, don't pride yourself above anybody else Mm -hmm. just understand that everybody is different Mm -hmm. you know um yeah we're all on different path yeah yeah. we're all different people with different personalities you know yes yeah for sure Uh, i think i think one more thing i would add is um i feel like you know whenever they were going through joe's life you know there's a a visualization of Joe doing different things in his life, you know, mm-hmm. he might have been teaching some kids, he might have been, you know... Yeah, getting the perfume for the date or whatever. Yeah, exactly, all that stuff. So there was different things that Joe highlighted in his life that, that he thought yeah. was cool, but there's a, a lot of things that was happening, right? So ultimately, you know, we have to choose the things that we highlight, mm-hmm. even though there may have been not a lot of action, per se, in some events. Like, sometimes we... Um, I think we we uh, put too much thought into ideas that don't serve us, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there may have been a, tra- a traumatic event or uh, something that happened to you, and because that memory is so imprinted in your mind, you may like want to always go to that memory, and I think it it triggers more of those same type of memories because mm-hmm. that's like what you're focused on, right? So we are we have this whole breadth of um, memories, and, and, and we have to just figure out that we like or that we were excited about and then just try to make more of those type of memories, right? Yes, no, that's that's beautiful because uh, 
yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up with this. But yeah, like after that scene right there, he, you know, at first it was showing him all the beautiful piano sympathies and, you know, he showed the scene of his dad and stuff. And it just made me think because the guy they thought he was, all they were showing was his positives. Yeah. And then it was like, huh. So I wonder, did the previous mentor show her, you know, yeah. did much research show her the bad times or they literally just show the positive all the time, you know? And, mm. you know, that's pretty deep too. You know, don't sugarcoat everything. You gotta give people some time to real. Sometimes the real is what they need to hear and see, you know? Just last, last thought. And, sorry. Oh, <laughs> just, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah. like, I mean. Random. Um, but who's to say that, well, I mean, going off of Triv's idea of like, focus, know what you focus on. Know what you focused on. Mm-hmm. She and, never focused on the bad. Yeah. yeah. You know? well, 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 I think the positive and negative and good and bad is all relative, right? So, yeah. so ultimately, like we may think that uh, the other doctor had these positive, quote unquote, experiences, but they're just experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just his life. Like he, he just did this stuff. And, and that's what it was but like you know if you're just constantly sitting on the couch and watching tv or you're constantly you know playing that game that isn't going to get you anywhere you're constantly you know watching that ig feed that isn't doing anything for your life right. that's the stuff that starts to like become your life and mm. that becomes an experience right and then like if you're so if your experience become non-experiences now are like are you really living your life mm-hmm. So, I think that's what we have to, like, really be a cognizant and aware of is just, you know, understanding that, you know, this is a platform for us to experience and we need to go through those experiences and not be afraid and not and take those risks and, and you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, jump off of what, you know, do whatever it is that you have to do to get outside your comfort zone. To, to have different experiences that can possibly lead you to, to an experience life. that you may have never had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep, deep. Love it, man. Love it, man. All right, brothers, man. I appreciate y'all for doing this today. I know we probably could talk about this like two, three more hours because, uh, yeah, this movie has so many jewels. Like you said, the parent scene with him standing up to his mom, him actually speaking with the barbershop, you know, the old soul actually inspiring you know the girl and actually seeing her going to the zone is so much stuff we could continue to talk about you know so uh we probably do a part two on this one for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes yes so i just want to say i appreciate you guys being with us today man uh uh any shout outs you guys want to do any projects you guys got working on um well just one thing over the next week like i said earlier i took the whole week off um i'm redoing my music stuff and kind of gonna start getting some tiktoks and instagram reels out there to help spread so you know just be prepared for that um uh, you know always go give a listen soundcloud is still up at nxiii um just shout out your boy thank you much appreciated for listening as always here's from your favorite engineer Donovan (laughs) jackson number one three you know me um but there you go that's all for sure oh just follow me everywhere at <laughs> MAC702. That's all you gotta do. Tease Mac. TZ. I'm I'm starting to like catch on to TZ. You know, I, everybody called me Tease Mac. You know, that was a name that was given to me when I was 15. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, I, I always just stuck with it. But like on IG, people don't pronounce it as T's. They pronounce it TZ. TZ Matt. So everybody calls me TZ. So I'm like, all right, I think that's my new name. Alright, true, your nickname T-Easy Alright, T-Z, no Taz in this bad boy Yes sir, so yeah, make sure you check out the IGs Everything's gonna be the bio Uh, You already know, everybody joining us today I appreciate you guys from listening Any questions, comments, concerns Send it to jkspodcast702 At gmail.com Or, you know, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram Check out the new Twitter, we got that rolling too now And, uh, yeah, I just want to say have an amazing afternoon, have a wonderful day, have a splendid evening, and remember, just keep swimming. Yes, sir. Swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah.